So welcome back to another episode with the Loudmouth Show. Today we'll be giving a review on the seventh match week of the Premier League. Joining me on the show is a passionate blue, Bharat. Hello everyone. I'm uh, Bharat Bhatia. I'm from Indore, and uh, I started supporting Chelsea in I guess 2011. So it's a, a funny, uh, funny thing that uh, when I first started supporting them, it was due to the money they had in FIFA. So then I uh, started to follow them a bit more and. Then eventually, uh, if you have seen that meme, love start ho gaya. So yeah. Right. Cool. Uh, we've got a gunner uh, from onside football. His name is Arif. Hey guys, I'm Arif. Uh, I'm an Arsenal supporter. My team is Eleven Noida. Now nice. we beat United, so I'm very happy. I'm obviously here for that reason only. I would not have come if we had lost. Are you serious? Okay. I'll not call you next time. <laughs> We've got a scouser, Justin. Uh, hi guys, my name is Justin Desa. I'm a Liverpool fan. Nice. We've got a Red Devil who's also a loudmouth pundit. His name is Kush. Hello everyone. Good to be back. Interesting session. It looks like this is going to be. So let's see what it brings. Right. We've got a citizen who's his name is Mukul. Hey guys, this is Mukul. and i'm from siliguri west bengal and i've been supporting manchester city for the past 7 years now and wow. yeah you guys might be thinking like he's a man city fan like you know like <laughs> city doesn't have, have fans but yeah i know we have fans but then you know like they keep saying that and as if they think it's like you know it's going to hurt us and i don't care if city doesn't have fans you know and uh, because that's because But i suppose no one really doubted that bro and i think yeah. you just pulled the joke on itself so you know like i've been reading a lot of tweets you know <laughs> regarding this so yeah right and finally we've got adi who's also loudmouth pandit and he's a gunner thank you you can call me rose master for today kush <laughs> i don't know who this guy is <laughs> It's okay. You will after this podcast, beta. <laughs> so, guys, uh, we shall talk about United and Arsenal in the end, so that the build-up is pretty crazy, right? Let's start with Burnley versus Chelsea. It's just a random fixture. Again, a brilliant performance by Chelsea, showing offensive greatness with that four-three-three formation, and uh, they were transforming into a three-four-three, whatever you can call that. Absolutely demolished Burnley again. Clearly, the more quality side came on top. Um, I'd like to start with um, Chelsea fan Bharat. What do you think about uh, the three nil win, man? Uh, man, first of all, uh, this was the first time I saw a balanced performance from the team this year. I mean, in the past, all the games either it's been too too blunt in attack and just defense, defense all the time, or otherwise it's been like all out attack and leaving spaces behind. For the first time, I yeah. saw some balance with the right formation and. Uh, I guess uh, this is what we want to see from Lampard uh, week in week out because this is the way I think the team is progressing well otherwise it's it doesn't uh, it just seems that Lampard doesn't have tactics and it draws uh, unwanted pressure and criticism okay Again, what about your formations? Um, Lampard has been sizing up a four-three-three. Started with the four-two-three-one when he entered Chelsea, and now he's he's also used a three-four-three. And um, off the break, um, when you're not in, in possession, you've got a four-four-two defensive formation. So, uh, what is your thought? Which formation should Lampard be going with uh, on a regular basis? 
well uh, i've seen lampard uh, few derby matches he actually wants to apply derby's 4231 ideology here also mm-hmm. but as we can see the dual pivot uh, the two man pivot isn't working really well uh, in the 4231 and in a 4433 formation uh, the guys were the guys were familiar with it since last year and the new signings too uh, from the clubs they've been uh, and uh, i think Uh, this formation brings out the best of the uh, best in the offensive new signings the true, 4-3-3 formation and uh, violent defense i mean you know chilwell has been really well thiago silva has been uh, good except that west brom game i don't want to talk about that so uh, well i think you started the season with that game so yeah we can let that be yeah and uh, four clean sheets in a row so defense is doing their job and edward mendy he's been a uh, great touch definitely and right so let's get arev man into the conversation arev uh, again a good strategy you know to narrow down their pressures especially with team owner they were occupying half you know, space they weren't able to get the ball ahead again occupying those half spaces and opening up the full backs chilwell and especially um reece james you know it actually worked in their favor because they were able to facilitate the attack ahead so what do you have to say about lampard's um, offensive strategy in this match um i think that lampard has done a pretty good job all of his signings uh, are finally on the pitch none of them were injured mm. and you could clearly see that it was working they were really dynamic ziyech was very impressive was the man of the match uh, chilwell also he's been making great runs he wasn't able to get a goal or an assist but he will eventually get more will be uh, involved i think that lampard is doing a pretty good job and uh, that the signings are feeling really well right anything else you would like to add on uh, you know as uh, we've already spoken about thiago silva and he's actually regained his form it's actually thiago silva and chilwell when they have started for chelsea they've not even conceded a single goal what is your thought on that I think uh, that uh, that left uh, left back position has always been a weakness. Alonso was really good offensively, not that great defensively. Chilwell is uh, very balanced. I think he's a great player. And Thiago Silva, yeah, he made that one mistake, but he's a top class centre back. Doubts about that. And Mendy has been doing good. Uh, I mean, Chelsea always had a problem with the goalkeepers, and now they don't. I guess. Yeah. Right. Um. Again, uh, citizen Mukund. What yes. do you think about um, you know? I mean, you guys might just deny this, but Zuma in the first two plays that Burnley took, especially with the strikers, um, you know, there were two chances yeah. that Burnley had in the very first few moments. But um, Zuma's mobility wasn't on point. I'd consider him being lucky because the ball caught yes. a little too much on the flight, and um, Mendy was able to hold on to that. So, what do you think? Again, Kurt Zuma as a defender, how much would you rate him? I don't rate Kurt Zuma as a defender. Like, you know, he has a lot to improve. You know, he hasn't been so good. You know, like, big the like overall defense for Chelsea was like good because like uh, in Chelsea you have Thiago Silva and then you have Chilwell and Reece James. But like Kurt Zuma, like I don't think is like like the best centre backs currently. You know. he can improve a lot yeah and like there was this uh, like uh, burnley had this the forward burnley forward uh, i think kurtzmo fouled him but the ref 
did not give it as a foul instead it uh, said that uh, kurt zuma was fouled on or something like that so mm-hmm. like he was lucky yeah okay again um, um who should i okay jostin what do you think about uh, mount man that number role 8 uh, you know double pivot havertz and mount really shined in that role offensively they were really great and even defensively kante was the sole uh, person there right he was handling the defenses pretty well he was intercepting as well and when chelsea's defenses were out of position it was kante who was actually you know uh, blocking uh, uh, burnley up so what do you think about mount in a number 8 role and havertz as well do you think that 433 is something that they should consolidate on later on in the matches uh yeah i was uh, really impressed uh, with chelsea they look dangerous and you can see how dangerous their the side are when they have owner havertz mount you know zh they look very very dangerous and uh, mount as the number 8 it was interesting from uh, lampard because he cannot drop mount so it was interesting from him and havertz also because at uh, he used to play cam and he can play number 8 role so it was very interesting of him to play in those positions but obviously burnley had their chances ashley barn had a really good chance but uh, they didn't uh, they didn't he didn't take it properly when mendy came out running you have to take these chances against big teams otherwise they will punish you and the third goal they conceded burnley that was really bad sloppy passing from burnley and then they made a chance out of it so burnley were really really bad and also even the second goal uh, they could have done better the marking would have been better for zuma so and it was a really good cross but the marking was not that great from burnley but burnley just don't look like the team last season they they are struggling and they look very very sloppy so that's what i have to say So what is your thought man you know uh, what do you think about everyone's opinion still now again on Chelsea you know and your thoughts on Burnley we haven't really discussed about how Burnley played um i think Chelsea uh, comfortable win man they 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 played they played really well uh, you expect that from a strong chelsea side uh, good performances from you know mount havertz i think defensively also they were really good the burnley did have a few chances there's something up with burnley though it's not the same burnley that you know we used to seeing under shawn dyche um they they trying to play attacking football but they're not really you know finding those um, those spaces where when they usually score from right. and they are a side that usually is that you know that likes to punt up long balls that likes their wing backs to just you know bombard crosses it but we're not seeing a lot of that i think probably right. that's one of the reasons why the strikers are not able to get on the on the score sheet um i don't know maybe probably just give uh dice a little bit more time uh and you can see burnley then uh get get uh, probably get going again right but again uh, as you said you know i felt they were really poor with the finishing as well whatever chances they got three or four they lost possession in the trickiest of areas you know in the mid spaces and committed a high I number think. of individual errors bro uh again uh, kush same thing that adi has actually added on to do you think their right flank however the right flank you know they use 50% of their attack from that uh, you know that area so what do you think again uh, brownhill and lorton were actually handling that flank do you think they could have done better in uh, some way or the other because the 442 is a pretty stable formation man and uh, you know the strikers were also pretty high up ahead so what do you think man I think look I think the midfield suffered because I think this is one of the first games for Chelsea where they put Kante at base 
and you could see that the ball progression went up a notch straight away without defensive ability and stability being compromised uh, yeah. having carte in that position make gives them gives them that sort of stability especially having new players around it will take them a while to gel but you can see that they have quality and with right. kante unfortunately with the tight schedule that chelsea will have with having to play all these cup games and all of that that's going on uh, i do i don't think kante will be seen as much because everyone's going to get a chance to play midfield because uh, we're going to see a lot of switch happening but kante right. will be rested a lot but you could see that it, the result was fantastic for chelsea having put kante right in the middle and then everything else is well i think it was uh, apart from that first mistake where where Kurt Zuma was looking unsettled right in the beginning after that mm-hmm. they looked really good and i think i give full credit to kante in the middle for holding the midfield the way he did or for what happened to burnley they're not obviously a quality side so they fell apart real quick uh, but it, again if the chelsea side had uh, these players ha- ha- if they had the sort of chemistry that that players have when they play for a long time together they could have even scored more goals right yeah yeah uh actually i saw a, a heat map or average position map what should i say uh that was showing uh, tammy abraham actually dropped very deep in this game he did a lot of defensive work that was expected of timo werner uh, and uh, actually that helped chelsea uh, counter burnley when they suddenly lost possession uh, in the midfield area mm. so uh, as you can see werner and zeek were uh, really uh, uh, critical i should say to the point of uh, the way chelsea attacked in this match you know Ta- tammy didn't have a lot to contrib- contribute throughout the match offensively but uh, the, uh, he he did a lot of the work that was expected of werner uh, and uh, another point i would like to add that havertz and werner they uh, when the team gets uh, when the team doesn't have the ball mm. sometimes they lose touches they have punished us in the previous matches especially havertz if you could have a, if uh, we remember the west brom game uh, one error mm. from him i think uh, havertz should play in this position only because you know havertz is a player who's defensively sound but attacking again he's a attacking midfielder he can go ahead as well as a number 8 So I think this is a very ideal position for um, both these players, Mount and uh, Havertz. If anyone disagrees, Havertz is like a very versatile player. But in the Premier League, we haven't really seen the best of him at the wing or in the centre forward position in the first right. games of the season. While in the number ten, the pivot behind him hasn't been working exactly. Whether it has been Jorginho and Kovacic, or whether it has been. Jorginho and uh, Kovacic and uh, sorry Jorginho and Kante uh, so Kante in the holding midfield uh, he takes the possession and uh, yeah not uh, i'm not saying Kante has been very good offensively recently but in this game particularly uh, if you remember that chance that pop saved that dink to Werner just at the edge of the box that was really really neat from Kante So offensively, also this game he contributed really well. But I would still keep him, you know, behind. He was a single person entity who was actually responsible for handling, uh, you know, the half line, and he was actually living up to, you know, 
Lampard expectations. But yeah, I want uh, Aryavan to step in. Aryav, what do you think? Uh, you know, especially with the way do you think Thiago Silva actually got the message from Ashley Burns because um, he had actually nudged him. twice or thrice that you know welcome to the premier league this is very phys- going to get more physical and we actually felt uh, thiago silva getting a little uncomfortable what is your uh, just mention a line or two on that if you've seen that i don't know if you have oh yeah uh, i think that obviously the premier league is the most physical league in the world and uh, thiago silva has been in league one for too long is of age uh, so obviously it will take a little bit a little time for him to but i think he'll be able to cope up then his pace will be a right. bit of a problem But yeah, I think he's a great defender and he looks good. And and also, Bharat had mentioned one point earlier that you know Tammy Abraham he wasn't uh, up to the mark offensively, but he had uh, provided one layoff to uh, Zayesh. Do you think that goal was it the keeper's mistake because there was no line of sight for the keeper, you know, to uh, attempt to save? And even I think uh, it'll be a little harsh if he blame the keeper, although he could have no, saved no, it, it, right? Uh, it definitely wasn't the keeper's mistake. Uh, the line outside block it went through the defender's legs, mm-hmm. and he got wrong-footed. He thought he'll be going to the top corner. Oh, so yeah. You could see the keeper drifting towards the right, but yeah, that's why he didn't score. That's why he didn't save. So true. So I'll be closing this match. Uh, anyone wants to add anything? You can. For me, I think uh, Thiago Silva deserves credit. He was he looked unsettled in the beginning, and so did Kurt Zuma. But again, I think. So I think Thiago Silva came back on top and looked very good. He was he made some great clearances, aerial duels. Also, he was pretty good and shots blocked. I think he had one of them, like from what I can remember. And then even with loose ball recoveries and stuff like that, he was he was pretty good. And Ben Chilwell was not challenged in this game. I think I, I felt like he was a little bit fatigued, so maybe they would want to rest him next week. But overall, yeah, Chelsea were fantastic. So, Kush, Kush, uh, you know, just you reminded me of another question. What do you think about Tammy Abraham starting over Giroud, man? You know, when the match started, the commentators were uh, stating something similar to this. So, why not Giroud, man? Because when he came on as a sub, there was an instant impact we saw offensively from him. So, why? Well, I look, uh, Giroud could have definitely started, but I think Chelsea want players that can move balls around and link up well. Giroud is a, I would see him as a as a sharpshooter, just a great striker. But at the moment, I don't think Chelsea are in a position where they have very good ball feeders or players that can link up really well. So you need to create an opportunity where they link up really well, and I think then Giroud would fit in really well. Right. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Oday, may I just one last? Yeah, one? yeah, go ahead. Uh, look, uh, we are talking about Giroud. So, uh, what do you guys think? In a Giroud has brilliant hold-up play. he can bring others into the game if you uh, if we observe keenly he has brought others literally into the game last season towards the uh, business end of last season uh, and if we remember that chelsea and tottenham match too he, he really links up the play nicely so in a 343 formation where chelsea is sitting deep and playing long balls as we saw in the united match i think if we had started giroud uh, in the uh, striker position maybe we could have had uh, two or three more opportunities cuz his hold up play is really fantastic but i did feel zero lacking you know i'm not saying he's not he doesn't have good aerial control but in the last past few matches when he started there were three four times when he was passed on the ball too you know long long balls from chelwell long balls from behind center halves he couldn't control them man i think that is one of the reasons why uh, Tammy was starting over. Yeah, and Tammy's got better awareness. He can spot runners. 
he can open up threatening passages of play you know he can do stuff like that and that's why i think he was there True. i think it's plain and simple tammy is younger and he's quicker that's it with the current english yeah. game the way that football exactly. is progressing yeah. you're looking for pace and with that chelsea team with which has havertz you know mount you have one they're all quick quick players so giroud will kind yeah, of be like a bit of a disadvantage you know starting with him cuz he holds up play he's slow and he's someone who's very dependent on on you know aerial balls crosses coming in that's why right. giroud is at his prime he's not someone you know who uh, who likes to he, pass around or, or likes to play those through balls and then giroud's going to run and just bang bang them into the top corner that's not giroud so i think tammy is a better option currently giroud will offer definitely something off the bench when the team is telling you know against teams that defend deep or that defend hard you need you need someone like giroud there right a superstar he can be a Bharat, superstar what do you think about again uh, what do you think man why why would they be starting you know tammy ibrahim at um, the center and timo werner at the lam or lf position what do you think why uh, why not play him up ahead man we know he's got a lot of pace yeah. he can he can actually act as a uh, number 9 and he can uh, do wonderful things for chelsea uh well in this game specifically if we see Pulisic was supposed to start he got injured in the warm up so yeah, yeah there was no other option i mean uh, lampard didn't want senodo uh, to start again as he had played the full match uh, against uh, krasnodar in the midweek right i mean uh, and uh, starting werner there i mean Uh, if we remember his RB Leipzig times, he often used to cut inside and shoot, and I think Lampard wants that from him. But he isn't able to do that right now with the Premier League being. Uh, he while he's still adapting to the league, I don't. I think he'll thrive more uh, occasionally uh, if he plays on the wing in the future when he is properly. when he has properly adapted to the physicality and the pace of this league right now uh, werner in the number 9 also at times he just leaves the ball and tries to run thinking that the defenders would leave the ball right and uh, that uh, that's you know something he needs to improve on he needs to link up more in the past few matches his passes in the uh, when we see the stats his overall passes have been like 17 30 so yeah i think he has that quality to run but if he adapts to his game a little bit more that'll benefit mm-hmm. him more true man let's get on to the next match man sheffield versus manchester city again uh, mukun mukul yes uh, again city were brilliant man like again a very strong yep. performance the way we actually expected pep to you know bounce back on with the rest of the matches they kept their wit good flank movement yeah. carrying off with the same form i don't i don't think you guys missed uh, aguero but but with the kind of plays you had ferran torres was actually acting as you know yeah you know like it's the kind of performance you expect from manchester city you know like the starting of the season they weren't so good like it was against uh, leicester you know it was a disaster but of course we have recovered right. from that and like Yeah, even against Wolves, I'd say that the first half was like we tried to kill the game in the first half, but then we uh, in the second half, uh, Wolves like had a good game in the second half. They had they scored a goal, but then you know eventually City won. City would consider themselves lucky, you know, getting that win. But after that, Leicester a disaster, and then again against Leeds, it was like a good game overall, mm. and I think City. 
we would have won that game but then again yeah we have like overcome the bad performances and like uh, we showed like why we are the like favorites to win the league right. as well and it was a solid performance like the right back Kyle Walker left back Jock and Celo and the center back pairing looks promising and i think like city has solved their back issues you know the the defensive problems and uh, they're looking much more solid defensively and uh, yeah like city i just have one problem with city you know city playing with mares constantly i think city should give mares i think a one or two game off you know mm. and they should play phil foden insta- instead you know phil foden he has a impact in every game and he's such a good player and i don't know why why pep doesn't start him so i think can you know, he can he handle the right flank in your opinion yeah. Hmm? yeah he has played over there he has played for city i mean he's worth it right i know but do you think he can regularly um uh, so like on the left and he comes with ferran uh, torres you know ferran yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, they can you know like switch with ferran torres or even sterling sterling it was sterling who started as right wing for city you know like in 17 18 it was sterling right. who played as right wing right. and he was yeah and even again uh, marseille uh, sterling played in the right wing position and he was really good like he could dribble and like you know it's like in the left wing he dribbles but then he gets a lot of chances he creates chances and he he plays that one two with kevin de bruyne and then but then like sterling isn't like the best finishers mm. say you know like he has a lot of potential he can be like the one of the best wingers like you know like what mane is or sala yeah he needs right. to improve and ferran torres yeah I, i'm actually impressed by ferran torres you know like against marseille he was good but then against sheffield he was playing as a center forward or should i say false nine like he was good like the movements he made he had uh, like three big chances he had all right. all the three chances on target but he couldn't score yeah unlucky mm. and he's just 20 years old and like he has a lot of years come you know like and but then he looks like well settled in, in the team and i right. think you know he's a great prospect for the club uh, sheffield's performance man we've actually discussed about city a bit and uh, again citizen had another opinion altogether that you know uh, defensively they looked strong but in my opinion they the defenses weren't really tested because they were playing against sheffield and the form sheffield showed against liverpool that wasn't really there against city So what do you think should city be still be worried about their defense or should they be going with this in with the same momentum you know like they did against sheffield what do you think uh see first of all sheffield united had their chances uh, if you know that lundstrom a shot that was a chance that was really good play from sheffield united but he put it right. over the bar so they had their chances that's what i told if you don't take the chances against the big teams you will regret it because they will punish you from the other side and uh, uh, man city they had uh, so many chances ramsdale came to save them ramsdale saved them so many times riyad mahrez free kick ferran torres three chances uh, i was really impressed with ferran torres playing as you know kind of he was making those center forward runs 
and yao cancelo my word that guy is really really impressing me at left back he was coming in at left left mid he was giving those balls it was uh, really really dangerous but sheffield united against what they showed against liverpool they were not doing this against uh, man city it was not the same and they had their chances but they just didn't take it as i told the lunstrom shot he put it over the bar he didn't get his foot in right. right so they tested it a little bit but they didn't take their chances so yeah and and your liverpool player rian yeah even so. even yeah, yeah that's even what the rian's missing safe yeah true, true, yeah that's true, true. what sheffield united true. didn't take their chances the just get out of the room bro uh, your there's a network problem i think once you're back in it'll work just get out exit and come back in right okay exit okay. through Yeah. Justin again yeah uh, Rian yeah. Brewster what do you think about him man yeah, I'm disappointed he didn't put that in the back of the net I was disappointed because you know we want him to do well at Sheffield United because we have put a buyback clause so we want him to shine but I feel like he slowly slowly he will shine but it's not looking good for him still now so we will see so still so many games so let's see what he does Okay, um, Arif, what do you think about um, you know quality Sheffield's quality you know as a team? Because when they reach the final third, they always hooked it up. They they're always jinxing it up. Although I felt Max Low and Sander Birds they were cutting down play, plays again, but overall quality came on top in this game again. City winning the game. So, what is your thought on the game? Yeah, um, uh, I think that City uh, if they had Aguero, they could have easily scored three four more. because mm-hmm. uh, de bruyne the he is a player that he you know one touch uh, one touch and he put the ball over mm-hmm. and they just don't have that final quality as the forward position right now uh, and ramsdale was brilliant i think mm-hmm. he saved uh, two three good chances and i think fernando should have had one he hit it right at um, uh, ramsdale and yeah uh, you know in a game like this uh, sheffield united need to take the chances uh, they, they they won't get more than two or three chances against a team like manchester city and i think lundstrom and brucer should have scored they can't be missing uh, chances like this at that stage well I, i i disagree with the fact that okay they could have taken more chances i respect your opinion but again i i think it was just because they mid weren't they weren't as intact as they were against liverpool and them in the matches previous to that even though sheffield lost you know the so many matches they've lost but i think they gave a good fight in those matches in comparison to the last match i think Uh, it was a symbolic performance in the last match but again man uh, your comment on sterling we haven't spoken about sterling he performed brilliantly couple of good dribbles won many duels we saw him uh, getting past three defenders at once getting inside the box delivering three two three key passes in the first half itself to ferran torres who couldn't finish so again um, i don't know who mentioned the last comment that um, uh, Aguero was actually missing. True, he was actually. I think he they were miss. He was missed. But what do you think, man? Um, again, about Sterling. Do you think people actually under uh, you know undermine him a lot? I agree. His finishing sucks at times. But what is your thought on? Uh, yeah, oh, I think that Sterling really does. Uh, you know, I think Sterling is a man of form. If is if he's in good form, then he's one of the best fingers in the world. But okay. then he go, go, goes and does stuff like uh, that miss in the semi-finals of the Champions League. I mean, uh, yeah. So you know the semi-finals and the quarter-finals, right? Which mm-hmm. lasted it over, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but if he's in form, then yeah, I mean he'll just cut in and he'll shoot, and it's uh, it's definitely inside. And but yeah, Sterling, I think the great part about Sterling is the one-two he makes with De Bruyne uh, at the edge of the box that really opens up the game and uh, it gets the chance for the team. True. And you know, you mentioned that goal from the Champions League. None of us were actually expecting him to them to get into that position because Leon never really gave them, you know, uh, that position to be in throughout the match. And all of a sudden, I think Sterling was surprised himself <laughs> to get a chance that close and yeah, yeah. He picks it up. So yeah. Again, um, who's left? Man, Bharat, Bharat, Bharat. There were a couple of yeah. nervy moments man, in the second half. We were expecting City to, to, to you know, close the match down with a 2-0, 3-0 win. And again, uh, uh, Mukula actually mentioned, uh, you know, in the first half, uh, you know, Kyle Walker had actually taken a good, good, brilliant long goal, long shot, you know, and, and that went in. So, in the second half, I don't know if you remember, Kyle Walker actually, he was playing centrally and he was covering the flanks as well. He overlapped, came inside, right inside the box. Gave a good pass inside, got deflected, went to De Bruyne. He actually took a shot, and nothing happened. De Bruyne wasn't that effective again when it came to you know uh, he wasn't that clinical. I felt. But what do you think about De Bruyne's performance? I think and he's well, still getting back to sharpness from his injury. I mean, uh, certainly you don't expect a player of De Bruyne's quality to take so much time, but you know everyone has uh, everyone has their own rough patches. And personally, he's one of my favorite players in the whole world and yeah his killer killer passes were definitely missing uh, but uh, and they could have killed the game if he had been up mm. to the mark but I think his sharpness level is a bit down and uh, uh, it won't take much long I think it's uh, I don't exactly remember who City are playing tonight in the Champions League but I think Europe he'll get back in they're playing tomorrow. Olympiacos, bro. They're playing tonight, yeah. Olympiacos. Olympiacos. Yeah, they're, they're playing tonight, I guess. Olympiacos, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think it's a good game. I think it's a good game which can, which can, you know, De Bruyne can t- uh, take it back into shape. It's No, with the passing and everything, he was good. He was good with the game and overall. I was just talking about the shooting. But again, uh, the things you mentioned, we witnessed that against Leeds. You know, he was getting, he got dispossessed around 8 or 10 times against Leeds and I don't think City was that great again. But Adi, your comment overall on De Bruyne's performance till now in all the 7-6 matches they've played. De Bruyne, like he's still looking for the form that he showed us last year. You know, he was like just out of the world, you know, last, last season. And you know, he's like just he has a de- he had he has had a decent run this season. He has like three assists and one goal, and like he will definitely come back to that form. You know, we know he's like the best midfielder at the moment, and I think like in the game against uh, Sheffield United, I feel like he should have picked you know Brian Torres instead of Mares. You know, like had it been Aguero. Would have, you know, like squared it to Aguero, but in that match, it was Ferran. I don't know what, but like he did not even pick a single pass, you know, right. to Ferran Torres. He was either looking for uh, Sterling or he was going out to Mahrez on the right wing, and like he wasted two or three uh, like passes in, you know, looking for Mahrez. So like should have, I know, I think you know, he should have gone for through balls to 
Farhan and he may have scored. No, you never know. True, true, true. And Again, even got... that chance, you know, like the one that you mentioned, like he should have scored that. You know, Kevin De Bruyne scores such goals, and he needs to improve, like his shooting a bit. Yeah. Right. But overall, it was a good performance. True, true, true. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, man. Uh, let's talk a little about Wolves versus Crystal Palace. That is also one of the most um, good performances that I've seen from Wolves. You know, in, in quite some time because Wolves were actually struggling with winning games. But what do you think, man? Uh, Ayat Nuri he, he scored a brilliant goal. Odense. He was throughout the match. He was so lethal, constantly. You know, trying to get get offensive, trying to create chances. What do you think, man? What do you think of the match, um, Bharat? Did you see the match? Both were six. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw, I saw uh, a bit. It, it, I saw it in bits and parts. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, in, uh, I was impressed actually by Ait Nuri. He started oversize, and yes. I was pretty. He was pretty impressive for, uh, you know. I think he's what eighteen or nineteen years old, mm-hmm. and and he's putting in performances like that. And overall, also, I was pretty much. This was somewhat like the Wolves of last season, and uh, their their uh, their acquisitions have been playing decently. I guess Semido has also settled in well, and uh, yeah. and yeah, I mean the void of Yota is being filled, but I think Pedro Neto and Daniel Potens will do enough. They will do enough if they keep putting in performances like this. So okay. yeah, I expect big things of them. I'm a slight bit disappointed with the start Adama Traore has shown this season. I mean, uh, is it? I don't know. Is it because of the uh, COVID he got, or is, is it something else? But I'm just not seeing the same Adama of last season, which used to you know terrorize whoever came in front. Of. True. So again, man, um, Justin, what do you think? You know, De Donker again was pretty, pretty, pretty dangerous. This is the first time I've actually seen him taking, taking. He took around three, four shots, out of which two hit the crossbar as well. So how unlucky did you feel he really was? And again, an exceptional performance by Wolves man offensively. They were really good. And do you think Odense has acted well upon uh, Yota's departure? And again, uh, uh, I think Bharat had mentioned, uh, you know, Adama Traore's. Uh, Inclusion in the team, you know, I think it has been reduced, and he's been starting off the bench. So, what is your take on that? Uh, yeah, first of all, Bordens was a danger for the Crystal Palace uh, defense, and uh, also uh, the left back. He was, I think, playing left back. El Noria, the guy who scored for goals, uh, mm-hmm. he was re- he was uh, that was a really good shot, and he was. Playing really well, and uh, the thing Wolves did is they closed the threat of uh, Wilfred Zaha. If you saw Crystal Palace were trying to give him the ball, and just they would swarm him apart. They would just swarm him, and they will make him lose position. Wilfred Zaha because he's the only one who you know who makes chances, who creates chances for Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. And I think if they con- that second goal they conceded was a from a Crystal Palace throw. So they pressurized uh, Crystal Palace and then they go on and score. And Crystal Palace should have got a penalty where uh, Zaha was, you know, no, put no, down in the box. He was offside. Zaha, not Zaha, so was, Van Anholt. 
Oh, when not here? Bully. No, there was one instant of Zaha also going down in the box where they didn't win the ball. So that also instant we are didn't check. So I'm not sure about that. I saw it. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. In the second half, right? Yeah, second half. That's what. I remember. Yeah, yeah. So we are didn't check. So I, I they could have got penalty. Maybe not sure because they didn't show the angle as well in the highlight. Like yeah, they, they didn't show. After that, they was the match just continued after that. Yeah, they just continued. So I don't know if there was a penalty, but de- sure he didn't get the ball. So if that was not offside, maybe that would have been a penalty and changed the game. But mm-hmm. Wolves look uh, dangerous. You know, Dendonker. It was unlucky to him uh, to hit both the shots. Uh, both the shots hit the crossbar. So that right. was really really unlucky from him. But Wolves played very well. Crystal Palace. They just closed on Wilfred Zaha, who's really a big threat. So that's what Wolves did. So credit right. to Wolves. Let's get Kush into the conversation. Kush, let's talk about Crystal Palace, man. When they opened their innings, they were actually looking little little like they could attack little, especially with that offside goal that. Batshuayi scored, and he only got 26 touches overall. So you know, after that uh, offside goal, so what do you think about Batshuayi's performance? Zaha again, he wasn't really looking that lethal. But again, the mid midline was still trying. But again, when your forwards aren't working well, how do you expect them to score, right? What is your take on the match? Well, Michi Batshuayi, very unfortunate. I think this is his third offside in three weeks. Uh-huh. But otherwise, I don't think he's been very impressive either. Uh, Jeff Schlop has hasn't been very impressive. He started off very well. I think he was linking up well with Zaha and that what's that Dutch guy's name Van Aanholt. Yeah, he was linking up very well with Zaha and Van Aanholt, and then and then I think after the first half he disappeared as well. Wilfred Zaha was the only one who was sort of sort of looking like he he had he was showing flashes and threatening in the opening stages with a few shots that flew wide, but. Otherwise, I don't think uh, Crystal Palace is very good. Uh, Luka Milicovic, the guy who got sent off, was yeah. pretty bright in his passing and stuff. But after that, you think that was harsh? That wasn't that harsh. I thought uh, debatable, but I think I think it's a right call. Well, it was definitely debatable. But with all the calls that the referees have having to make such tight calls with all the games, if this was right. not made, then it would be unfair. So you know, having seen that there's some real bad decisions that were made. They're really some. They're making some real tight calls with the VAR. So this one had to be made. I think. Right. He had to be sent off. But uh, yeah, but obviously it's debatable. Otherwise, Andros Townsend was not very good. I think he had a free kick that was pretty bad. Either very below par performance from him as well. True. But yeah, I think again I'll talk about Wolves. Wolves is solid. We talked about this how, or just based on performance, I was telling you how their defensive. Ability is really good. Connor Cody was a brilliant captain, and he's looking really, really good. Oh, I think yeah. he's one of the top performing defenders in in the Premier League. But I was I was saying it's the top two teams True. that are defending in terms of performance, not on paper. Billy yeah. Bowley, I think he made one very, very. He got very fortunate. He yeah. clipped Van Aanholt, I think. Billy Bowley, but otherwise he was he was pretty pretty. Solid up, up at the back with Conor Cody as well. Max Kilman is another guy I would like to talk about. He's pretty good. You know, okay, uh, I felt he he could have done a better job, but it was just Conor Cody running the show behind. I felt. Uh, I like Roman Sess when he plays over Max Kilman, but yeah. uh, he was Max Kilman stood his ground. I mean, he proved the point. He's not better than Sess, but still he was there and he was okay. Right. Nelson Semedo looked good. I think this was his best game. Oh. For Wolves, he looked pretty good. I think uh, he would. He looked like a threat. 
did his job nothing nothing fantastic they'll i'm sure there's better displays that are coming from nelson semido but yeah overall bulls just outclassed crystal palace right out of so you must have seen nelson semido playing for uh, barcelona of course so what is the difference you yeah. found him did he show the same stride he usually showed at barcelona you know getting ahead offensively delivering couple of good balls inside that is what we saw in the last match but we couldn't see that happening in the first few matches that he played for wolves so what is your comment on nelson semido man as a player um i think that the uh, not just semido but both the wing backs were ac- absolutely amazing uh, every attack you could see them overlapping the wingers uh, that was the thing that gave them the edge over crystal palace they didn't know whether they were going to cut or whether they were going to pass it to the Uh, wing backs uh, and yeah nuri was amazing and one yeah. thing that i would like to appreciate about wolves i mean the game was amazing they actually played really good uh, the midfielders and donker and nevis you know they mm. got the ball one touch and they switched the game they completely they were completely switching they were not uh, letting the ball stay in, uh, at one side and crystal palace had no answer they were, uh, crystal palace obviously they were uh, came into the game and they were planning to play on the counter attack and right. uh, both uh, both the wing backs not only offensively defensively they were there they were very pacey and they uh, yeah i think they were absolutely fantastic right you're right uh, any uh, what about the incident what is your thought on the red card that milovic got and um, again what do you think about juan montino coming off the bench and not starting for the team do you think uh, wolves are actually doing well without hadama and uh, players like montinho and uh, you know yota were actually the main starters for them last season so what is your thought on that i think that podens has taken his opportunity really well and has uh, in order to replace jota and uh, i think that yeah traore i don't see the difference because neto has actually been really good uh, i don't see the difference i mean i love adama traore as a player but neto has taken a, neto who has taken his chance uh, really well and yeah i mortinho uh, i think that he could start over nevis but uh, yeah i think that they'll just probably be rotating between the three he's actually taking the onus of attacking down the right flank so what do you think is it a little worrisome for a player like adama who's starting off the bench what what does your mature i say I don't think that's any that's nothing to be worried about I think you know the more competition uh, very very good for wolves I think you know if Adama is out of form or mm-hmm. he, if he's not or if he's not really you know clicking or performing you have but you have players you know who can step up from the bench and and definitely Naito is someone like that who and he's taken his chance very right. very very exciting um, you know winger he's he's left footed so that added onus of you know cutting in and uh, you know cutting inside to his right foot and then curling in the ball that's that what he he does he does really well so he's he's a really good player um so i think yeah i don't think adama should be you know adama should just basically is just so that adama doesn't get complacent i think but it's right. good that you have competition metro neto also gels very well with uh, podens i've seen that happen he's pretty good after diego jota left podens is proving himself and fred pedro neto gels very well with podens when they both together i think i think they both were teammates at uh, braga in the they played for braga together in the europa league i think neto and podens mm-hmm. and and takimen is good like you know about europa as well as you do so <laughs> yes, that, that's the only thing I'm getting on Adwit tonight. I think it's not even me. It's you. But what what do you think about again, um, Adi? I'd like to start with you, man. Liverpool versus Hammers. What was that? Yep. 
Hey, good, good, good match, man. I think uh, it's now high time we stopped underestimating West Ham. I think it's high time we start appreciating uh, the football they're playing under Moyes. You know, with all regards to all the memes and whatever that we've been <laughs> we've been talking about in this show about Moyes trying to stay away and everything. I think it's time we start appreciating what Moyes is is doing with that with that squad. They're playing well, man. They're, they're playing well. That was. Uh, I'm still have my doubts on that penalty on that Salah penalty. I don't know. I want to hear your opinion on it. I think it was a little too soft. Uh, I'm I'm giving you an honest opinion. I thought he just took advantage of of that situation. It was very soft, and he went down. So I think, you know, you yeah. know, if 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 you are the referee, what do you think? Um, if you actually see a player tripping or trying to having that intent of tripping someone, even if it is very soft, don't you think we we have to grant the other opposition, you know, uh, the penalty because he actually tried. His intention was wrong, right? What do you think about this? I agree. I think you know you can look both ways at it. I I think you know uh, you yeah there is there is that intent you know of trying to win the ball, but he he's he's failed. He's failed to win the ball, which is where I think probably yes. But again, I felt he could have still stayed on his feet. I think he went down a little too soft, you know. And being a professional footballer, if you're going to fall down like pins, you uh, you're in the wrong sport. You you'd rather stick to another sport. I felt that you know in football, I think that's the, but then that's that's the mentality now of all these professional footballers. You know, minimum touch, minimum contact. I'm down in the box like as though someone's amputated my leg. Yeah, but that's a sad reality, man. I mean, I know, football, I know exactly. I, I would. I don't want to see that in football, man. That, that's yeah, that's so yeah. you know. it, it is, and and looking at Salah, I think he did the right thing because. That I, I yeah, I mean, yeah, three points. Again, you know, competitive race. I agree. I agree. Defending champions, you have you you know three points. It's a competitive league table. You'd obviously want also, to win. Also, in the Premier League, that's so harsh with the fixtures. There are like four, 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 four fixtures a week. Sometimes, I think Salah would have seen this as a benefit, taking a benefit of the doubt and fallen. You know, anything counts. So that point, three points count, and yeah, yeah. It is. It's yeah. very bad work. I would. I hate to see stuff like that, especially from a talented guy like Salah. You know. Um. Yeah, I agree. But then, yeah, I, I think you know there is that intent, you know, of trying to you know tackle and trying to win the ball, but not winning the ball as well. So, <laughs> and going for the leg. <laughs> I yeah. I, I mean, but that that was that was again minimal contact. But I don't. As I said, you can look at it both ways. Yeah, so, we so, can keep. So you know why I'm I, I'm so cool about it because Callum Wilson. He deliberately came in front of uh, I forgot the name. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. But the again, why would, I, why would you give a penalty in that situation? I don't, I don't get it. Well, you know, there's no, there's no point in uh, the players. Like, uh, I don't know, man. What do you think? Again, any anyone can step in. Actually, does anyone else want to take a go at this or go ahead, guys? Go I ahead. Just, I just think it's. Uh... in whichever play these penalties are uh, i mean there's one thing where it's a clean tackle and there's one thing where there's the this i don't know it's in that moment the player thinks maybe i i feel personally it's a very smart move because as you guys mentioned it's a very competitive league and three points in the end is all that matters it's it's not good to see uh, things like this in football but It's a smart move. They they are taking uh, the full advantage of the circumstance and situation in that uh, moment. I think Fornells was uh, doing that too. I think he fell down a couple of times as well. But but there was no concrete touch right on Fornells. I think. No no no. I mean it didn't result in anything. But the intention was there to fall. When yeah, it was a tie. Again, uh, since Kush has mentioned about you know uh, Liverpool's uh, defensive frailties, what do you think, Jostin? You're a Liverpool fan, so what do you think about Nat Phillips 
doing better than uh, Joe Gomez, man, when he should have really stepped up. And that was such a pathetic, uh, soft clearance, I'd say. Should have just uh, shook the ball out. He didn't do that. He landed straight onto um, Fornals. Uh, Fornals. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, see, first of all, Phillips, what a performance from him. Number 47, that shows that how down the pecking order is. But, uh, yeah, what a performance. You could see in that game where he was telling Henderson, Henderson and Genie were covering for him, but he was telling, you guys go front. I will take care of it over here. Come on, guys, go front. So, in the first half, it was awful. Joe Gomez, I don't know what he was doing. But I, I feel like everyone is stepping up in that Liverpool defence. If you see, like the few last few games, everyone who's got man of the match has been in defence. Fabinho, Trent, uh, Joe Gomez, now Phillips. So, they know their responsibility and uh, they know that, you know, they have to do this for Virgil van Dijk. They're doing this for Virgil. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're showing this for Virgil van Dijk that we can also defend. Without you, we are sound. And I think this goes credit to Klopp because Klopp trusts the players and I think the fans panic. I think we shouldn't panic uh, like, oh, we don't have this defender, that defender. I think after losing to Aston Villa, then losing Van Dijk uh, due to Pickford's challenge, we have come better defensively, I would say, because in the first half, you could see defensively we were really good. And in the second half, we stepped up, uh, stepped up our game, Shakiri came on, Jota came on. Shakiri was really a problem for West Ham. Even Jota was making those uh, really good runs. So, yeah, the really good performance from Liverpool. But we won in a dirty way. So, you have to win. Sometimes you have to win in a dirty way. I think they were the ones playing dirtier. Because they were sitting behind seven, eight players and right outside the box, jerking off or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but uh, th- these are the games like. Uh, we have to play dirty because they play defensive. So, this is how you sometimes you have to win games, play more, you know. Totally. Again, um, Bharat, uh, what do you think about um, West Ham's performances? And again, they were, uh, you know, they were playing long balls on a transition again because obviously they were behind. And Gomez were clearance again. That costed us, almost costed us the match with the opener that they had. So, uh, do you think, again, Curtis Jones as well, do you think? He, is he really important in the starting 11 lineup or does he need to grow further? Because in the last past two matches, in the youth uh, Champions League match against Ajax, against in this match, he was okay, but he wasn't up to the mark. So, why start Curtis Jones, man, in the starting line? I think um, look, Curtis Jones needed to be the creativity because he had two other players who were really defensive-minded. Uh, right. so he had to have the creative flair. And, and I think they're picking someone like Curtis Jones over Diego Jota this that sense of expectation that you have straight away but uh, because Jordan Henderson and Jeannie Wijnaldum are sort of defensive Jeannie Wijnaldum looked amazing although oh, yeah. he was pretty good he, he he was yeah his fitness level is amazing and you can see him he moves the ball forward he works really hard he can track back but yeah I think the creative opportunity for Curtis Jones was there and because he was the only creative minded player amongst the other midfielders he looked uh, it looked like there was a lot of expectations from him but yeah if he's playing alongside someone else who can also create the passes make the right balls then maybe Curtis Jones will look good but maybe he'll play my take is that if he plays alongside players that are not as defensive minded as the other midfielders he played with this game then things might be different for him right 
but what do you think again a 4231 for liverpool would it be a safer option or uh, would a 433 be uh, safer because uh, you can adapt with uh, shakiri and yota at the same time you know if you play in a 4231 do you comment on that uh i think uh, as to start the games the 433 should should be the formation to go with against uh, any team and especially teams like west ham who like to sit defensive and mm-hmm. uh, when uh, and yeah i think 4231 is a uh, good option to adapt to in the second half when uh, the team is taking too much pressure or something I well, think sir. that is the time four to three when make uh, may pay dividends. Uh, but as as we approach the as we approach a game to start the game the four three three Liverpool are really a uh, are really an amazingly well drilled machine. They mm. just they have their moves uh, they have their moves they have their perfect slick moves. So I think four three three is the formation to go with. and uh, i think the midfield now has a uh, since van dijk is injured everyone else is now focusing a bit tad bit more on their defensive abilities so i think this uh, is an opportunity for the midfield to you know uh, this uh, i won't say an opportunity but a responsibility for the midfield to create more and firmino i really am uh, I I think so personally I really am disappointed uh, with his performances I mean he links up play very well and his passes are really great but uh, his contribution in front of goal it's slightly uh, I not I should not say not slightly, slightly I was actually disappointed with him match you right in the, in the last match he wasn't there at all so there's no question I mean, that we are prodding Yota is really really knocking on the door for his position now to start the games because yota is really a defense maker true and but, but do you think yeah, yota can handle the role of a number 9 because we, we, i see him doing well you know as a left mid or as a wide mid again a wide player so what do you think bharat and others also can step in or if i would want you to comment on this I think uh, in this kind of situation Salah Salah and Yota can keep swapping their positions and Mane also because Salah and Mane when they come into central positions they're as lethal as they are wide so yeah they can they can be uh, this Yota is a really great option in the final third to have right now over Firmino so yeah it's worth an experiment and you think they might start the same lineup tonight will it be Firmino or do you think uh, will it be again Minamino Origi Yota the same lineup they went with in the last match uh, i think uh, liverpool will play yota and minamino today because uh, and liverpool may even start with a 423 when given it's atlanta atlanta is a uh, fiercely pressing and uh, you know a uh, very high pace team so i think a 4 to 3 went to start the game maybe even a smart option but it could backfire at the same time uh arif what what are your suggestions for liverpool's defense and liverpool's offensive plays and again your comment on the new player yota i think jota has done really great so far he is performing uh, i think the best part about jota is the pressure he is putting on the current uh, front three 
including Firmino. Uh, they, I mean, they should know that yeah, their place is not fixed in the squad, and they should perform each and every game. This is the Premier League; you have to perform each and every game. You have to give your hundred percent. Another great thing that I have noticed is the Shakiri and Jota linkup. I think this was the second time Shakiri has assisted uh, Jota in the past two games. Yeah, I think the Champions League also. Yeah, True. and uh, I think defensively Liverpool are a bit. Uh, I mean, I think uh, we. Yeah, vulnerable. Uh, I think that uh, we'll find out in the next game. Uh, you guys play City. That will be the game when they'll have to answer the questions. You know, my take on this is that if you are playing with weaker players, there will be a game where you will concede. And I think it maybe it is tonight. I don't think so. Maybe or maybe not. We can lose. We can draw. It's very dicey. But again, City. I am. I'm actually. Uh, I know this for a fact. We might lose that game. So. Um, I think that uh, the reason why I still believe that Liverpool are title contenders are because the these wins that they are scraping out. I mean, uh, teams like City they can easily beat uh, opponents, but it's games like these uh, the West Ham the two one wins the one nil wins these games that you have to scrape the victory out ugly victories. I think that's why I still believe that Liverpool are uh, the top title contenders for this this year. True, true, true. And one loss against City or any other team wouldn't matter much because I think they already have a three point. Surface out, right? As league leaders. Yeah, this season is completely open right now. I mean, no one is at the top. I mean, anything can happen. True. Um. So, any parting comments, Adi? Uh, Kush, Justin. Yeah. So, as I was telling, uh, Atlanta and Man City will be a uh, tough test for us. But it will depend if Matip is fit or no. So, if Matip is fit, then we might. Do better. I don't know, but let's see. It's going to be tough. Atlanta and Man City. I think Kush wanted to speak. I no, no, no. I I thought no one was speaking because I couldn't hear him. So I thought, okay, I should say something. Kush, you rude. You're you're very rude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is not a This is the second time I couldn't hear Justin. Uh, don't 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 give lame excuses. Don't, be, don't become <laughs> a United. Oh, you are already. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Let's move on. Sorry, Justin. So yeah, the very next match that we are about to discuss is the very same match that we witnessed at Old Trafford. You know, United's four-three-one-two versus Arsenal's four-three-three. Uh, what do you think, man? Why did Ole lose this match? You know, especially with the kind of momentum that you guys were building on. Was it too much sizing your formations, or was it like changing the squad? Was it fan pleasing? What was it? Look, at the end of the day, I think. This is clearly a midfield battle that Manchester United didn't win, despite their good results in Champions League. We've seen that intensity not being there in the midfield. This is not the first time in this season we've seen that. Uh, we saw Fred working really hard in the last few games, but uh, you know, eventually it comes to a point. I, I, Manchester United always starts badly. Some of the results are a reason of uh, some of the good results that went their way was because they conceded early, or the other teams were threatening them early, or there was inferior opponents. But here you have Arsenal who started in a dominant way and didn't give any possession to Manchester United or confidence right in the beginning. I thought El Neni and Partey was just amazing, and I think Pogba again is—it's a huge issue for Manchester United that they need to resolve. But Fred McTominay—I don't think anyone in the midfield looked very good. Uh, they struggled right from the beginning. They were not moving the ball forward. This is a typical Manchester United midfield that we've seen in the last five or six games in the Premier League this season, and they'll be back to square back to square one, I think. Right. And um, so, who, which 
midline would you be wanting to you know induce the in the plays again especially with the likes of Pogba playing ahead and then he was actually starting with um, in a uh, three point midfield right with McTominay and Fred but his role was mostly again little central and again on the left mid so that is one of his favorite positions man but again as you said that it was a midfield battle so what are your remarks on Pogba versus um Partey and Eleni uh, man Eleni was brilliant man and even Partey man it not yeah it was a midfield battle definitely 100% but there was other players that were i would say contributing to this Aaron van der Sarka for instance it was he wasn't dealing very well with the quick feet of Bukayo Saka who was this who's a youngster who's who loves possession and loves running and and he loves uh, creating opportunities and finding the pockets but mm. again it, it was a combination of these things it started badly with i think fred who was very clumsy and uh, looked very very uh, i think uh, uncomfortable right from the start and which is why he was taken off for matic but otherwise yeah it started off with that pogba is always i think central to when manchester united fall apart and again he was bossed by thomas partey who everyone thinks is a central defensive midfielder but again i think he can move the ball pretty quick he can he makes fantastic challenges i think he's he's just brilliant something that pogba would, would would should have been at manchester united but never found that rhythm so yeah overall bruno fernandes again couldn't orchestrate uh, up and up create opportunities because because of the very midfield that we have who couldn't move the ball towards him so it started to fall apart and i'd say the main culprits here are fred and pogba and to an extent mctominay and that resulted in players like Luke Shaw and Aaron Van Bissaka falling apart as well. So yeah, overall I think uh, managers need to this manager needs to Ole needs to bring some sort of motivation, some sort of tactical changes when you're playing someone like Arsenal. Yeah, it's a different ball different ball game altogether. Intensity football wasn't there and and Arsenal had it Arsenal yeah and which is which is why Arsenal bossed Manchester United in the midfield. Again, Arif, uh, what do you think about Kush's take on the game? Especially, he mentioned that you know Van Bissaka was being pocketed constantly by Saka. Even Tierney was trying to overload, you know, right there. And even the right flank, man, I thought Hector was more aggressive than the left flank. He was handling it all by himself. So, your take on uh, the flanks, as well as again, congratulations on the brilliant football that you know uh, the tactician put up. And especially, I felt. Partey was the main guy for your offensive diagnosis because without him I don't think again I don't think he's uh, Sebios is as good as Partey when it comes to you know making building plays up and he was he had a sharp eye for uh, the the ball where the ball was when United were in position so what is your take on that Uh, I think that first of all, uh, what Kush said about the midfield is completely true. Because honestly, heading into the season, uh, they have Pogba, Bruno, and Van de Beek, and I thought I thought that United has the best midfield in the league. Uh, but I didn't see them anywhere. Like Bruno Fernandez, I I did not see Bruno Fernandez during the course of the game. Uh, Pogba wasn't uh, that great, and on the flanks, uh, I think that both Bukayo Saka and Tierney link up very well. And Saka has been amazing uh, in dribbling, like against Manchester City too. Uh, they could not take him off the ball. He's a great dribbler, and Bellerin uh, has really pulled up his socks uh, this season. He's answered the critics. I mean, every uh, cross he put in uh, gave some danger, and he created lots of chances for us. And we should, could have had more. The one problem I still have is why is Oba playing on the left? 
uh, when you play oval on the left you completely remove him from the game uh, for example so, when pe- yeah yeah no 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 so you want him to play central uh, central football is that yeah, what you think i do i do yeah i think we should finally bench lacazette he's not uh, i mean i don't like lacazette anymore so you want to push saka ahead on the left yeah i want to push saka ahead yes and i think sabayos or ja- i mean jaka could provide some uh, because jaka has also been pretty good for us yeah true uh, i mean the, the balls that are being put in by tierney uh, and bellerin there are times when saka is the one who's receiving them i mean why isn't over there he's uh, our best asset and he's been completely moved from the game true true but adi i want you to step into the conversation again because you know your take on this is entirely different what do you think about arya's obamayang uh, uh, playing centrally and not on the flank no i mean each one has their opinion um you know uh, there are games where you know uh, you where you'd like to see obamayang i know play centrally uh but i think with the current system that we're playing and the formation that we're playing with the you know with the 343 i think obamang is more effective on the wings um i think gradually we might we be sort in the initial stages of our tatars plans uh um, right. maybe i i don't i don't know it's probably a different conference probably this goal against united will do him a lot of confidence in the coming uh you know in the in the in the next coming games uh but i think we should still stick to you know uh, as I, as i keep saying again don't fix it if it's not broken so i think we should still stick to the the same the same front three with lacazette on top and with obamang uh probably just a dip in confidence is what i'm hoping for and i just hope that you know once they probably start once they probably just score uh, a you know a few goals here and there uh, the goals will start pouring in but defensively we've been really 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 good so that's a, a positive uh you know which i'm which i'm happy to see and also let's talk about gabriel let's talk about holding man holding did a terrific job in the first half i felt he was getting ahead getting on to players you know they they didn't even expect united players were like waiting for the ball to come but it was holding who was pushing them from behind but and again man people i think rf rf was blaming bruno fernandes so bruno's job is not to get deep he still goes deep he still pushes out from the press you know it is it was actually fred mctominay and pogba's mistake what do you think man rf i'd want to take on this again rf and adis Firstly, I would like to uh, add on Addy's point. Yeah, Oba is actually great on the left. I mean, he's fitting the system really well. But then there are games against like City, Liverpool, and United when you cannot get many chances. For example, Liverpool game, uh, Lacazette should have scored. I mean, one of them might have been Ossent, but uh, yeah, two two chances, two really great one on ones, which Oba would have scored. I mean, there are games like these. Other games, yeah, obviously he could play on the left because he's been really great for us in that position. See, I'll partly agree with uh, uh, you know, with Arya's uh, point. I think the but there was a game against City in the FA Cup uh, semi-finals, um, you know, last season where Aubameyang was lethal on the left. And one more thing, which I think Aubameyang does, you know, uh, when he plays on the left, is he kind of you know uh, attracts a lot of attention. So you have more of the opposition players trying to, you know, come down that side, which creates space for players like Tierney, players like Saka, who are going to be playing, you know, right behind him. which is where i feel you know arsenal are more you know fluidic more expressive in their football when that happens now if you're going to play abamang right in the middle and you know probably you you're going to pair uh, you know saka against wan bisaka i think that's a that wan bisaka will easily outrun saka there were times you know where wan bisaka was you know he he literally kept saka at bay there were quite a few times when but with abamang there down that now that that you know starts to get on wan bisaka's mind you know um where do i go do i have to stick with abamang or do i have to you know 
go and that's why you know united weren't really able to get forward down that flank if you if you notice bruno was not at all creative down that flank he couldn't do much um you know greenwood barring that first half chance was he was nowhere to be seen the entire game rashford i don't even know if he even started the game i didn't even see him in the pitch the entire game i only saw him mm-hmm. down holding his head for a couple of minutes that's about it you know so that's that's where i think you know arsenal are more in terms of you know creative and fluidic football i think that's where that's the route to go is what i feel it's a personal opinion i mean i i agree uh, you know we probably we might score more, a lot more goals with abamang down the middle but then i don't think we'll see the creative freedom of players like tierney and saka if that tends to happen and anyways he really goes incisive his his job is to get incisive go in board that he does exactly. that exactly he does that he he lures the opposition mm-hmm. players i mean you had fred literally you know trying to always be there with him you had wan bisaka right there you had lindelof doubling up on him which you know kind of gave little bit of you know spaces for players like pate to then try and attack down the middle because you know people like fred and pogba were to visually move down the move down the wings true i think uh, when bisaka lost obameyang and that's why there was a free header for saka as well so he does attract a lot of players towards him and he's a he's he's quite a powerful force so it creates opportunities for arsenal for other players to open up when he right. plays in that position over me yeah again uh, mukul man mukul we've been talking about arteta man you know he shut down ole's midfield especially the diamond he tried to come up with a diamond yeah. he failed and with partey and elleni bossing the midfield with the consecutive interception providing different yeah. offensive transitions to arsenal We've already yeah. spoken about all this, but what is your take as a citizen fan? Were you impressed with Arsenal's tactics? Specifically, you you guys subdued Arsenal in that game where you yeah. won 1-0, I think, right? Yeah. So, what is your point on uh, Arsenal again? I was impressed by, you know, like the way Arsenal started the game. You know, right. like Manchester United, I think they must have thought that like Arsenal would fuck the bus. just like they did against arsenal uh, i mean liverpool and man city but they did not instead they like went right away you know attacking and then you know cre- creating chances towards the end of the first half they had good chances and like midfield talking about the midfield you know partey was amazing you know like he outclassed the manchester united midfield like seriously and i think you know like arteta has the potential you know to like take arsenal to the top four spot that they've been looking for years now and i think you know he's on it i mean arsenal are on the rise and they are like one of the underdogs you know they can do really well this season and like they continue this good form and for that you know the players they have to stay fit especially parte and then you have tierney who did really well again and uh, obameyang of course is the most important player for arsenal and i think you know right. lakazette lakazette is like you know embarrassing you know at times him he's missing chances you know which he should have scored 100% right yeah. again um, sorry bharat johnson i really want to talk to aryo okay don't mind if i don't get you in but aryo what do you think about arsenal's pivots man they were in possession again i'm talking about the same players again and again because the way they played again i was actually mesmerized by their plays right so how how important are they for you versus you know sebios and jaka playing together where do they start where do they come into the play do you think arteta will be uh, using more of um, uh, elneny and uh, 
Pate or will it be you know somewhere he'll be getting on with Jaka and Sebios? What do you think? That later on uh, he might. Uh, I think that uh, Pate is a confirmed starter. Pate is a definitely confirmed starter for us now because there's nothing that uh, Sebios or Jaka uh, can do that Pate cannot. Plus, Pate mm. adds more to the team. Pate is not a center uh, CDM. He can play CDM, but he's a box-to-box midfielder. He'll defend midfielder. for you, but he'll also take. Yeah, he'll take. For example, uh, I think he cut out one pass where he nutmeg Fred on the way. I mean, that was a really great move. He almost scored. I mean, I mean that's what Pate brings to the team. I'm so, I'm sorry. I just had to bring that Fred nutmeg. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I saw that. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Elneny, uh, Elneny has been really great this season. He's uh, revitalized his Arsenal career. Um, cool. And yeah, I mean, I was really happy with his effort until the last, uh, last until the final whistle. He was running around the pitch, and he mm. was everywhere. So I, I was, I'm really happy with him. Actually. True, true. Okay, Bharat, as a Chelsea fan, yeah, would you be, would you be afraid of what Arteta is coming up with, or would you be afraid of what Ole is? Getting up with what do you think? If you compare uh, both these definitely, teams, definitely, definitely Arteta. Because uh, Ole, whenever he takes one step ahead, it's uh, I don't want to say, it, but it's two step backwards. And uh, as a Chelsea fan, it's uh, definitely uh, I would like both teams to lose. But uh, yeah, definitely Arteta has been doing a wonderful job, and uh, he'll he'll achieve great things with Arsenal. I do feel that they are, as our mate said, he is uh, he is working something uh, great at Arsenal, and uh, they are the underdogs to finish high this season along with uh, Leicester. Right, right. But um, what do you think, Yostin? What uh, what Bharat has mentioned? What is your take on that? Uh, yeah, first of all, I sorry for isolated Arteta last time against Leicester, and he came up uh, very uh, well. His tactics were on point for uh, this game against uh, Man United, but Man United were bad. I should I'm sorry for saying that, but they were, and there was only one instant where a shot came and it hit the post. That's it. Arsenal were all over. Arsenal, all players performed really well, except for Willian. I think Pepe should start because he had an instant where Willian came or he cut inside and he was almost going to shoot, but it hit the bar. If Pepe was in the position that was going in, uh, Gabriel was everywhere. He was, you know, blocking, uh, clearing everything. Partey was everywhere. Elneny, you could see him running at the 91st minute. So that shows something uh, like he was pressing, pressing, and it went for an Arsenal throw in. And yeah, uh, Arsenal, who would have thought that Arsenal would get a penalty instead of Man United? So yeah, that is also there. And they scored in the 69th minute. That was also soft touch. What do you think, Kush? Uh, was that Pogba tackle really soft or was it like Bullshit. pretty? Bullshit. He kept his oh, whether it was a soft tackle or not, where the fact that he was oh, making that tackle and where he was making it, the fact that he was making that, that tackle. Was, that was not even. He should have made that tackle. Bellerin yes. was not even attacking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Adwait. That tackle should have not been made where it was made, and it shows how. It shows the intent of Pogba. Shows what kind of character he but has. Bellerin and, actually and, took a dive after that. After like a second or one point five after that, you know, I didn't see him going down instantly. And of course, he's going to. Everyone's going to take the opportunity. 
when there's a reckless challenge being made what does pogba do other than him dabbing dude i don't see anything else i think that tackle was this is the reality yeah this is the holding midfield of manchester united i don't see kante going and doing stuff like this you know you look at pogba he's just he's a joke at manchester united he needs to go just and he needs to pack his bag with ole and leave but who will replace him bro because we saw a couple of good performances coming Fred, in Fred. from substitute oh my god i'd rather have tom cleverly back but i'm happy with that guy <laughs> playing pogba needs to go that's it cleverly tom I mean, cleverly <laughs> You and I disagree. Putting what for the guy? No, no, but but that's so the thing that makes, that that makes you wonder what Fergie did, man. He made players like cleverly and uh, you know, players like cleverly. Darren, Darren Gibson look good, man. What am I? You and Anderson, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Anderson was decent, I felt. Okay. Yeah, okay. Anderson. You know, he makes players like yeah. that look good, man. Raphael. <laughs> and here Raphael. you have Ole, who makes players like Pogba look like shit. <laughs> Pogba, I think Pogba is just his own personality, man. He's just such a difficult. Well, to be fair, Pogba was uh, shit a long time before Ole came. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pogba he was, he was good at Juve. Exactly, man. exactly. He, he was that was a long time back, Adi. He did like five years ago. No, you watch him play for France, man. For France, he's a different. He's in a different level altogether with with France. So why is this why is this dominant? Why doesn't he show it on? I think it's I think it's just Ole. I think Ole probably. I don't touch yeah, them in weird but, places. Uh, yeah, exactly. But but look at that. Look at that naive challenge. I mean, you were saying that Ole is responsible, but the fact that he clipped Bellerin the way he did—that that's unbelievable. What's Ole got to do with that? You know. <laughs> no, but then uh, can I can I say something? Yeah, can I say sir. something? Uh, yeah. See, the thing is, Ole. I was not. Uh, what was the substitution? Why would you bring Matic or when you're one nil down? You should have bought on Van der Beek, who you bought, and you should have kept on Bruno. Bruno, Van der Beek, and Pogba would have done something if you were yeah. one nil. And uh, and Arsenal looked comfortable with the one nil because Man United were not going at it. And my friend has a new name for Arteta, which is Jet Black Hair. That's his new name for Arteta. But, but, yeah, but to be fair, I disagree with you there because Bruno was. Yeah, I also disagree. Yes, one call. But, but Bruno wasn't coach, orchestrating anything, man. Oh, you get on to something. I thought uh, in the last few minutes, fifteen twenty minutes, Manchester United were really playing in the opposition then, and they were trying to hit a goal, and they even hit the post. If I'm not wrong, right? Yeah. So yeah. they were trying. The intent was there, but towards the end, why not get Van der Beek initially, man? Why not include him in the starting lineup? He did well when he started off the bench. Because they see him as a replacement for Fernandez, and Fernandez has been in good form, and he's looking sharp. So there's no need for him. But I think he should definitely start. But in this game, there was no question that that they would have gone with Bruno Fernandez instead. And coming in after great performances from Fred and and McTominay and players like that, you, I think they wanted to retain that performance, go with that, with with with, uh, with the confidence that these guys are carrying. And and I think Scott McTominay again. He's another guy I would like to talk about. We've spoken about Fred and Pogba. He struggled being a part of that diamond shape that that uh, Ole was trying to create again. He was playing extremely deep. He wasn't linking well with Van Bissaka at all. So you can see that this is a tactical problem here because there's they don't understand each other. Uh, there's no intent moving the ball forward. So there's a bunch of things that are coming at, at play here, which is resulting to what what Manchester United is. Kush, I'd want your take on this. Do you think McTominay, when the ball is under extreme pressure, do you think that is the time he really lags behind, or is it 
that okay i've seen him passing well laterally if we talk about lateral passing he's done that he does that well but when it comes to passing ahead breaking lines he's not able to do that you know but does he get nervous under pressure or what what, what is wrong with the but sometimes he does sometimes he's very good again individually these players are really good some of the best players in the premier league but clearly there's a tactical problem because they they fail to understand each other they fail to link you see william and obamyang people are criticizing william william yeah. but william and with the one twos he had with obamyang were fantastic i don't see any of that happening with with manchester united so suddenly they, they they don't click even with the with the games like leipzig i think there's this individual performances and and flair yeah. and sparks and whatever you want to call it but with the, again you saw rashford making a de bruyne kind of a pass through the middle in this game as well and that's his individual ability to create that sort of an opportunity because he's a great player but again he doesn't link well with the team because there's a tactical failure here from the coach's point of view i would uh, like to see van de beek uh, and bruno fernandes playing like uh, two number two number 8 instead of just a 10 maybe maybe something would click i i think ole and talking about pogba ole doesn't know what to uh, what he wants from pogba i mean uh, if uh, we were talking about the france setup i mean didier Desha- uh, deschamps has a fixed role for kanté and pogba so that's why they they both thrive together in the midfield and uh, i think uh, that's what uh, Ole should uh, see to it. I mean, he should ask specifically what he wants from the players. I think and, uh, Ole doesn't yeah. want your dressing room like other managers do. Other managers like are like, okay, you're playing here, you're doing this. They listen to them. But I don't think Ole has that presence because he seems like a person who's really soft. You know, I don't know if I can be wrong. Maybe I'm just judging him too much. What do you think, Kush? Uh, Mukul, what do you think, man? Mukul, you need to step in. So again, others. What do you think, guys? Uh, one last take, man. We've discussed about. Uh, Look, I think for for Manchester United, unfortunately, Van der Beek is amazing, and buying him has caused more of an issue than it has solved an issue of midfield. With him coming, there's these players that 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 can't link with each other. There's options everywhere, but I I think only it's, it's just failing to fix that midfield problem that he was brought in to fix. Right. Uh, I'm I'm just overjoyed, man. I I mean, <laughs> more can you ask? Uh, you know, United didn't even turn up at their own home stadium. That shows how how bad United are. And you know, from the highs of beating Leipzig and PSG, and then you know, coming up with that performance. I mean, Accrington Stanley would have performed better, dude. And they play in they play in League Two. I actually I didn't even see Bruno the entire game I mean Bruno was quiet and here people want Bruno and Vanderbeek to play together that you want two creative midfielders No your, I don't think so your, your midfield is going to be leaking out oh, goals I, then you Adi Adi I think you're little I I think you're wrong I'll tell you why because role isn't to come deep man we we keep on emphasizing on the fact that he plays deep but they should have a sturdy midfielder who's able to go ahead right with the ball like Kanté did maybe a little you know that's the thing so that's probably part of you know you can blame that partly on their recruitment policy of you know not identifying the right players to play alongside do you know the players that they already have or the players that they that they want or the players that you know are are, are world class or are quality or who can change the game i mean you know for a for i think for the entire game i think united's midfield is where where they where they lost the entire game they made elneny look like polo i rest my case dude <laughs> you know boy 
uh, let's be honest eleni is bang average man he's he's nothing great you know he's not a a boy you know a world class midfielder or a world beater of a midfielder he's bang average he doesn't even start for egypt okay and you know united made him look like andrea perlo dude the way he was running the way he was passing the ball the way he was distributing and i think there were times you know when partey gave up gave away the ball but he still got back and he went back and he won the ball and that shows your determination you know in in what in 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 your players and that's what you, that's what arsenal i think were missing you know a perfect box to box midfielder someone who can attack and who can defend well and i think that's why united are kind of you know stuck whether pogba is he that box to box midfielder or you know who who is going to who's going to play that role well because i i don't i don't see pogba as a box to box midfielder i i don't know i don't i don't see him in that united true. team as a box to box midfielder true 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 So are you guys done or you talk about more? I just am getting uh, serious. 2015-16 Chelsea vibes from this United. They were literally not performing in Premier League and they were winning in the Champions. Though United have a tougher. You are getting Chelsea vibes, bro. I'm getting AFC Wimbledon vibes, man. And they were relegated. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm getting AFC Wimbledon vibes too because you said Chelsea. Chelsea are still work in progress. They have been for a few years. This doesn't look like work no, in progress no, no. at all. No, no, no. 2015-16 Chelsea. The Mourinho. This is work in distress. This is work in distress. <laughs> exactly. They they are still work in progress, but they were still work in progress even then. Which which some horrible stuff that was going on in Chelsea. They were not this bad. I don't think so. Pochettino is ready to come can, back in Premier League. I, I know I, I disagree there also. I think you, you might even get Pochettino, you might even get Zidane, you might get Ancelotti, you might get whoever the best managers in the world. But I think there's something that needs to change at United and needs to change drastically. Or uh, they could, uh, or they could get Roy Keane, who is much better. Oh my God, that that guy is literally he was so salty at the end of the game. Oh my God, he just couldn't accept that Arsenal were the better team. No, so he hated he hated uh, he hated Rashford's performance too. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't even see Rashford. I'm, I'm being honest. Other than yeah, the times when he was lying on the floor and holding his, I never saw him, dude. What do you think of Edison Cavani, guys? You know, okay, you know what they have to be playing him as a sub. I think he's he's. You can see that he wants to play. I think with his first no, touches, was, whenever he's there, there he wants to play. Three open plays, and you had three open plays, three, and Cavani couldn't take advantage of that because of his poor passing. That happened when. Yeah, but won. again, I I think it was a tech. Okay, one or two things will obviously go wrong when someone. See, first of all, he's not match fit. Plus, you're bringing him on in the 74th minute, and and you, yeah. I can see that he's he's willing and he can see, but he's finding himself left alone and drift out. But that's because of the team. And yeah, of course, he's missed some chances. Gareth Bale missed some chances, but you know, they're world class players that need some time. When you have players like Rashford and Greenwood are not performing. But I think like Tottenham have a better supporter system than United at the moment, especially with the way like Cavani's age is like a big number, man. Like we cannot deny that. Okay, he's getting old, and he had he was off for some time. He's not the same Cavani that I've seen in obviously in Napoli or um, in PSG. You know. Yeah, but again, same, sorry, but yeah, but you're talking about our. I think they've talked about our and Cavani's age so much, but we don't talk about Giroud's age. He's the same age. He's older than Cavani, but yet we think he's a superstar. Yeah, but, uh, and he can come on and make a difference. But they're both different type players. They're, they're not the same players. Yeah. And you know, Cavani had his peak. He, it, as I said, it, it was a rubbish signing from United, man. I never expected them to make a signing like Cavani. That was an utter rubbish signing. That was just a signing like yeah, but, just said, like to just tell the fans that you know, okay, you know, just just smile. We we have bought we have bought in someone else. Along with Donny, so just my oh, yeah, chill out. Definitely. That was that was that was just, that was a smoke screen, man. That was a smoke screen to cover the shit show that's happening at Old Trafford. 
that was a rubbish signing let's be honest man i and kavani is past his prime man he's past, clubs like benfica didn't want him dude what the hell is he doing in, in england with with manchester united it is a uh, yeah 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 past his prime i can see that suarez is probably past his time so definitely kavani's time is up <laughs> and Suarez, he still he still does score. I mean, Cavani, I I don't I I mean for PSG he doesn't even start. You know, players like Icardi and Eric Choupo-Moting, who I still I'm amazed at his agent man. Respect to his <laughs> respect to his agent. That guy starts ahead of Cavani. I mean, I rest my case, dude. You you know, United for all you know might as might as well just gone in for Josh King and. Probably for Dominic Solanke, and they would they they would have done better than this guy. Oh, the point I'm trying to make is that I want players that show intent, and I can see that this guy is showing more intent than the talent that Manchester United have. So, because I saw the combination of Matic, Cavani, and Van der Beek showed more intent. Kush, the key word is intent, okay? And there was that was nowhere near what United yeah, showed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying Cavani should be brought on. Cavani, I'm not saying Cavani should be brought on because of, of how amazing he is, but because of the intent, because he wants to play. These guys don't want to play. Kush, on an optimistic note, are we seeing United getting back on track in the next three, four games? Like they've won the last three, four games. If I'm not wrong, they they didn't lose that. So are you are you are you like optimistic about the same? Like in the domestic scenario, I'm not talking about the Champions League. What do you think, man? Yeah, if Ole leaves, yes, and Ole will. I think Ole's time is coming to to an end now. And once that happens, then we'll definitely start rebuilding. But the season is probably already over for Manchester United domestically. Okay, let's move on to the next match, man. I think we've discussed enough. And should yes, we just uh, bring up United Spurs back too? I mean, should we go there? Oh. <laughs> 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 bring up whatever you need to bring up. Why don't I mean, you make the tour? You made you made El Neni. You made El Neni, man. You made Mohamed El Neni. <laughs> Fucking look like Sergio Busquets and Andres Iniesta put in one, dude. <laughs> oh well, El Neni was actually really good, man. I agree. He was actually really good. I I I, I don't know. <laughs> and you can imagine if Sabayas or Jaka would have started. Oh my God, you'd have made them look like Zidane and Figo and stuff like that. Yeah, Pogba. Pogba would have done that. Yes. <laughs> Pogba, Pogba didn't do anything other than give that penalty away. Exactly. Pogba would have made them look like Zidane and Figo. That's what I'm saying. Let's get on with the uh, Aston Villa versus Southampton, man. Um, you know, we watched the entire fiasco. What happened till the 58th minute? Southampton were playing really well. Good dominating football, and especially with the fourth goal that Inge scored, that was some something to watch. And what do you guys think about Southampton? You know, after the 58th minute, let's not talk about before the 58th minute because that was the time when Aston Villa were actually giving a comeback from a 4-0 to a 4-3. What do you think, uh, Mukul? What do you think about the match, man? After the 58th minute, what do you think about Aston Villa's comeback, especially with Gra- Jack Grealish? Sudden change in form, sudden change, and you know, like he kept on delivering those crosses. Couple of good through balls inside the box. When it was four uh, nil, I didn't expect uh, Southampton to let in three, and uh, that's the sole reason I think that they won't be finishing as high as we are expecting them to be. I mean, they have let in, they are letting in goals, they are scoring goals definitely, but they are letting uh, in a way lot of goals. I mean, right. Uh, if uh, if you're four nil up and you're expecting to finish in the top half of this table, and you can't let Jack Grealish come into the game. I mean, the moment he came into the game, we saw what he did. He won a penalty, he assisted the goal, and uh, right. he scored a worldie in the last minute. 
I mean, if they had one or two minutes left, they would have done it. They would have made it four-four. Right. And but again, uh, especially yeah, with yeah. the way Jack, you know, he was delivering balls continuously. I spoke about how Trezeguet was also. He came in for an injured uh, Trezeguet, but too sad, man. Trezeguet was actually showing those glimpses of you know the way he was dribbling, the way he was actually intersecting and all that, and he was shooting well from outside the box as well. But a groin injury ruled him out of the game. So again, man, it's. We've spoken a little about Aston Villa's second half performance, but what do you guys think, Justin? You must have watched Southampton's first four goals, especially Watt yeah, yeah. Prowse coming well on his birthday. He turned twenty-six with two yeah. spectacular set pieces. By the way, he's actually he's the only player who scored eight set pieces since 2018, 2019, which is the highest. You know, and yeah. pretty commendable. He's a very underrated player. So your comment yeah. on uh, you know the midline, how they progressed ahead, especially with Walcott replacing Janepo. Janepo is not in form, I think, or he's injured actually. And so, and also comment on what do you think about Janepo and Walcott? You know, uh, who would you start uh, in the midline? Just comment on uh, Southampton as a whole. Uh, yeah, Southampton really well performed. You know, they were pressing Aston Villa from the mid, and you could uh, see that. If uh, anyone wants to see good goals, they can watch this game because Ward Prowse with beautiful two free kicks, like it was like a Ronaldo type uh, free kicks. Then uh, also um, you can see Danny Ings where he scored a really good into the top corner, really good goal that also. But then you could see some cracks of uh, Southampton where. Aston Villa got one goal and the momentum just shifted to Aston Villa. Then they got a penalty. Uh, then they uh, Jack Ridley scored a really good goal. And they just Walcott. Uh, I, I think he shouldn't. Uh, he should start because you know he is more. Uh, you know he has he has experience more right. than the other player. So if he comes in and then you can bring on as a sub. Also, so because Walcott gives you that experience, that crossing experience, so he's very good in those areas. And obviously, Southampton, you know, they, pre- they pressed Aston Villa really well. Uh, you could see that, and Aston Villa just didn't have the answer. Then in the second half, they just stepped it up. And obviously, as you know, someone mentioned, if there were two or three minutes added on more, they could have scored a fourth, and it could have been a draw. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Nizam. True, and we weren't really expecting Aston Villa to buck up that well, right? Especially, yeah, I think yeah. it was, they were overloading on the flanks, and especially with the kind of player Mings is, he went ahead, and they knew obviously yeah. they'd be losing the match if they don't take risks. So, yeah. again, Kush, what do you think about um, Villa, man? We've seen that they won the first four matches pretty easily. What is the change that we've seen now in that team? They, is it the defense? Is it the attack? Not. Going ahead, much is it the supportive system that they are not getting from the mid? What is it? I think this is this could be just a one-off thing. Southampton is a tough opponent, and and getting the the kind of result they did in the first half obviously puts a lot of pressure on the team to get back. But I think Aston Villa with Ross Barkley's addition to the team, even though he wasn't as good as he should have been in the last game, I think this team is is pretty good. Otherwise, yeah. So. I I don't see them except the depth. That's that I see as a big issue for Aston Villa. The, the players that are on the pitch, I don't think they have great replacements of on the bench. But otherwise, I think Aston Villa is doing pretty well. And going forward, I think they can with a couple of wins, they can get back on track. True, 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 true. 
again guys i don't think you guys must have watched the newcastle or the spurs game but again are what do you think about the penalty that happened that they conceded in both the games you know especially everton we were expecting big things to happen but hames richarlison were missing they didn't have lucas dine players who actually are a part of the offense players thing about Calvert Lewin again towards the end I agree towards the end of the match 5 10 minutes they were really really they looked really lethal and they looked like they would score but they didn't unfortunately against a weaker Newcastle team what do you think what was the real cause of the loss I think injuries I mean the players that were not there I think they were they don't have that much depth uh, they have real quality uh, but the other depth is not there uh, Hamez wasn't there Richarlison so basically the main uh, creative players were not there and uh, Calvert Lewin was just not getting enough opportunities I think um, and yeah they played well at the end of the game and uh, speaking about that Spurs penalty uh, I think I mean I, I personally think that that was a really that should not have been a penalty I, because uh, I think it was Lallana right Lallana could have really gotten injured over there Harry Kane actually Harry Kane just pushed him off when he was in the air I mean that was not a penalty according to me I mean what do you think when Harry Kane is actually facing ahead and Lallana has that vision that okay Harry Kane might come behind right and the only way for Lallana who is shorter than Harry Kane is to jump right I agree with that too but it has repercussions as well he fell on Harry Kane so obviously it go down man what do you think was that a- i mean yeah obviously the debate can be made from both sides and obviously i'm biased so yeah uh, but yeah i really think that that was a i mean he, i think that uh, harry kane could have not gone in for that one because honestly if lanana had uh, fallen on it, uh, i mean if he had fell at a different angle he could have really really injured himself really badly yeah i think that's it <laughs> Guys, any match you'd want to discuss that we've missed out on? We've missed out on three matches. Anything uh, you guys want to put in? Uh, oh yeah, let's discuss that, uh, man. I, I, uh, so, what do you think? Uh, uh, let's start with Mukul, man. Mukul, Bharat. Uh, you know, last night was a spectacular show, man. Especially with the likes of Bamford and Vardy playing. We witnessed Bamford missing two key chances. The very first came in pretty early, man, and. and i wouldn't call it obviously a counter but that was like an open play that was a quick transition on the ball from uh, i think the left back who was the left back for leicester i forgot man uh, it was it dallas was it oh, dallas no, not dallas was uh, leeds i'm talking about leicester like they quickly oh. took a transition of the bamford header right and this goal of that special yeah, foot i think was the left back for them So yeah, that was pretty good oh, long. And it was, I think, it was Dallas who actually committed a mistake. You're right that he passed it on to Wardy, and a brilliant yeah, dribble yeah. by Wardy and a pass on to um, this guy uh, for what his name, Harvey Barnes. And he tapped it uh, in. I think actually, actually, it was Harvey Barnes who made the run, and then it was a one-two no, no. between him and Wardy. It was, it was no, no. So Barnes was central, I think. It was Wardy who did the entire. Okay, whatever. But he scored the goal, right? So again, Wardy was involved in all three goals, right? Barring the fourth one. So what do you think, man? Wardy as a player, what do you think? What he's so senior and yet he bloomed late in his career. So pertaining the match, Mass- what do you have to say about the match? Yeah. Massively underrated. He's he's always been massively underrated. He has been an impact player. He has been the go-to player for Leicester in the big matches. and he has always performed i mean he has had his rough patches and he has had a late bloom but jamie wardy has always performed and uh, yesterday also the impact he had the way he set up barnes's goal uh, and then 
he uh, actually i love his pressing the way he pressurizes the opponent and the way he upper and his acceleration and speed they are just amazing for a player 33 years of age 33 34 this kind of speed and uh, the way he is playing right now uh, i think he is one of the best strikers in the premier league and uh, yeah it's he is a joy to watch True. And Tailman scoring that first his first goal uh, off a Jamie Wardy header, right? That was also something spectacular. Yeah. Because Jamie Wardy really changed. He was really good with his mobility. The way he was positioning himself inside and outside the box, he was really aware, and that shows that he's really mature on the pitch. But again, man, um, Mukul, what do you think about All Brighton replacing Castani? Castani was injured, I think. But uh, All Brighton offensively, defensively. He was brilliant, man. I, you know the way the way he was actually carrying the team from the right flank. It was superb to see him even delivering a couple of crosses in the first half. So, what is your take on that, Mukul? Ah, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I think he was injured. I think, and you know, Albrighton came, and we know he can uh, play that position where he can offensively attack and defensively can do a really good job and. Uh, Leicester did really well, and obviously Bamford missed two chances. See, again, I have told that you miss these chances against the big teams; they will punish you. And you could see that first goal where he was try- Leeds were trying to pass it back. You could see Harvey Barnes trying to press and uh, trying to make a mistake from the Leeds uh, centre backs, and then they go on and score. So, yeah, Leeds will you know they have to take the chances. Bamford missed two chances, and these chances cost uh, cost them. Uh, so if they took their chances we could have talked a different game but they, it didn't go for them and obviously Jamie Wardy is a really really top class player you could see you know when uh, he's the only one who's left at the Leicester squad when uh, all the other players have left like Riyad Mahrez Kante he's the only one who has stayed there and he's been loyal to the club and obviously at the age of 33 he can you know really really do a well job so yeah again Well, well said, Jocelyn. I think I agree with all your points. But Kush, Adi, we've actually spoken about you know Castani in the past few podcasts. What I, what do you guys think about All Brighton again? I want to ask the same question to you. And also, Leicester's midline and defense was entirely different from what we usually we usually used to seeing Evans, Soyuncu, whatever his name is. And before getting into the game, I was actually thinking Leeds would be nicking this one very easily. It was like a spectacular show, man. The way they actually cut down leads in the mid, they were cutting them down so brilliantly. This is the first match that we've actually probably witnessed. You know, leads weren't able to really go ahead. They were going ahead, but they weren't really able to make an impact offensively. What do you think, Arif and Kush as well? Both of you, uh, I like your take. I think that uh, Bielsa summed it up perfectly in the interview. Leads just weren't good enough in the first half. Their passes weren't strong enough. They were being cut out constantly by Vardy and by the midfield Tillemans. Um, and I think uh, one really one thing to notice about Leicester that like, first they left off uh, Harry Maguire and Sonchu just replaced him easily. Yesterday Sonchu wasn't there; I think he was injured. And uh, they played three at the back with Justin and Fofana. Fofana also played really well. And Fuchs, Fuchs also left back and played really well at uh, in the three at the back. Uh, and I think Vardy obviously was uh, really great. Uh, yeah. Kush, what is your take on this, man? Uh, you know the sudden switch of 
uh, the midline starring someone else and the defenses having new players being you know they they featured uh, for the game before the game you must have thought that leads will easily nick this but no man they were playing really well especially with the blocks that they placed ahead so what is your take on this i think uh, some of the midfielders i think uh, with calvin phillips missing i think uh, matthias click played in a very uh, unsuitable position he's not used to and that kind of stuff that gave away possession a few times to uh, barns and wadi and then they pounced on those those opportunities uh, you know stuff like that happened the, the thing is that with jamie shackleton is another one who didn't play really well the thing is if you don't have a very uh, promising midfield then wadi uh, and barns and and madison and chengisunder who's amazing now with uh, as a super sub the youngster they'll pounce on you this is a very aggressive side and this is exactly what happened but one specific person i'd like to talk about is chengiz under who is who came off the bench and assisted again madison passed on a very good ball to chengiz under which he then crossed which he then i think chipped to wadi in the box and that was an amazing goal so you can see they work as a well cohesive unit and and leeds failed because they played a few players and in, uh, in, in, in the in the unnatural position and otherwise i think leeds were okay patrick bamford wasn't that good but uh, in the following weeks i'd like to see how they cope with the premier league pressure yeah especially i think rafina was also out he wasn't on the bench he had an injury and rodrigo i think he would have really made the difference he would have started in you know as an yeah pablo pablo hernandez i think came to replace him but pablo hernandez played well i think you know he was really his showed his work yeah, yeah a little bit little bit unlucky i think he hit the crossbar once too True, true. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good second half. This thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was pretty good. Helda Costa was uh, again very average today as well. But 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 do you think Leeds as a team, you know, they are they were an average squad when they actually entered uh, the league, but they carried on the same momentum that they showed in the championship. We call them a mid-table club, obviously. But what about other clubs? Leeds are doing much better than them. and especially if we look at mid table clubs they don't get many chances against teams like leicester or city or liverpool so should they should have optimized on that or should they have like created more chances what do you think because what bamford miss was pretty easy man yeah i think this is a very unfortunate game for the bamford missed easy chances and then pablo hernandez hitting the bar i think they just couldn't find their momentum and uh, they didn't have calvin phillips was missing who was a very key player for them so what's happening is that when when your midfield collapses they're a very well organized side obviously leads they don't have the best players on paper but they have the players that get the job done and when those players are missing and someone else has to play in their position like matthias click had to do in this case and jamie shackleton to an extent had to i think uh, they were all outside the comfort zone but if again if those few chances from from uh, from Patrick Bamford and and Pablo Hernandez at gone then maybe it could have been a different game right guys anything any uh, match you'd like to pick up on uh, especially Tottenham versus Brighton i watched it but i didn't like the match it was so boring yeah uh, yeah i wanted to uh, i mean i would like to add that about the list go on arevan uh, uh, yeah let's have uh, one uh, five of the first seven And they're really good. And the uh, thing to worry about is that currently Madison is not there. Madison, that Ma- Madison Wardy amazing link-up is not there. Yesterday but, we but, saw that Madison. Had- but we saw through good through. He, I think, I wasn't no, not in the sense, but he plays a good through to uh, yeah, that guy. Exactly. Under- oh, what about yeah, so, Chengiz under? 
Yeah, Cheng is under. Yeah, so that's the point, right? Uh, he wasn't starting, and as soon as they both came on, they both and that was a really good goal, the third one. And really set it up, and Madison. That was a good ball by Madison. Absolutely. Uh, when these guys start together, I mean, that's going to be a really good trio, and a really scary trio to look out for. But we don't see the promise Madison carries when he came on. I agree that pass was good, but we don't see that Madison who's so versatile, you know, running all over the pitch and you know trying to create. That I think that is because of his injury. But yeah, a player like but a player of his quality. I mean, he just needs that one or two touches. I mean, one touch and he just distributes the ball. I think that is the quality of Jimmy Madison. To be honest, the Madison I'm used to seeing is the guy who actually used to take create many chances. He used to miss many, but he used yeah, to yeah. do one one goal or two. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is why I said Leeds could have been. And this is just an unlucky game for Leeds. You could see when Yuri Taylor-Mens was winning those challenges, it was clearly because these players were out playing outside the comfort zone. True. Different story if their midfield was a stronger one. Absolutely. Then right. maybe Leicester wouldn't have been this this tidy. I don't know, I'm not sure, but very good performance. Are you guys happy with Gareth Bale, especially Arsenal fans? What do you think? Are you happy with Gareth Bale's goal? ക്ലബ് Don't add fuel to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I've always hated Tottenham right from the start, right from the days of when they bloody had Jermaine Defoe and Robbie Keane and Tom Huddleston and all those annoying little idiots who, who used to suddenly prime Cantona's and Beckham's against Arsenal only against Arsenal. I've always hated that club. And I mean, you which club has a chicken? Yeah, on a which which club has a has the logo of a chicken standing on a football? I mean, <laughs> that itself has got to be. <laughs> hey, we we bought the bird too. Okay, yeah. Hey, you've got the phoenix, man. The phoenix stands for something. <laughs> what the hell is a I chicken think, standing uh, on a ball? Come, yeah, a chicken standing on a ball. But look, the, I think they're contending for the Premier League. Like, like it or not, I think they are contenders. <laughs> you 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 keep hyping everyone up, bloody. If if uh, you know if, that, if there was some Argentinian playing in Brighton also you would have said yeah Brighton is a no, Brighton but, is a okay. Brighton you talked about Argentinians but you yeah, did you see Lamela Lamela was amazing if Tevez is still on a wheelchair and he's playing football for Brighton it would have been like, oh, Lamela was good man Adi he was good man Lamela is overrated yeah. I never I, I don't I don't know what push season Lamela or I I don't know I think push secretly shared no no no, no I don't see Lamela's pictures <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what Lamela Lamela has been a very average midfielder I'm pretty sure you just go Eric Lamela's uh, Instagram page and go and see Kush and underscore nineteen ninety one would have liked all his pictures. <laughs> Then you know what happened. Right? <laughs> so I I really don't know what. Hashtag come to United. <laughs> I don't. I really don't see what he's oh, like. Yeah, he can. He is most welcome. Eric Lamela. Idea. He doesn't score. Right? Alongside.